Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. He says, make yourselves friends of the unrighteous mammon. In other words, make money work for you. Make money work for you. So in the definition here, we can say, make money ask on your behalf. Make money speak for you. Make money do different services for you. Use it. Let it do that. But not just money, but it's wealth. It's your influence. It's riches. Make it work for you. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Welcome, everybody, here in Kingdom Rock, and welcome to our online community. Kingdom Rock, let's welcome our online community. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us today. We know the Lord has a rich and relevant word that will change and inspire your life and, and cause deliverance to come. Thank you so much for joining us. All right, let's go. We're going to go back uh, to the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 18. We're going to continue in the series entitled The Setup. And today we'll be speaking from the subject of something greater than money. There's something greater than money. And I pray with all that's within me that you will arrive to that point that you understand what is greater than money. We'll talk about that today in the name of Jesus. Deuteronomy 8, uh, verse 18 says, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he sware unto thy fathers as it is this day. The Lord will establish his covenant, yes, with money, but there is something greater than money that he'll also use to establish his covenant, to establish his will. Something greater than money. Hallelujah. I love the way these electronics just reacting right there. Something greater than money. Now, last week we talked about stopping the bleeding. Stop the bleeding. That is, you know, you can have more when you don't have as many holes in your pockets. Holes in your pockets. So we gave you about 12, 11 or 12 different things for you to consider. And I pray that uh, you take these things under advisement. Another thing I want to give you too today uh, is really fees. Fees. Fees are those little, those little foxes that spoil the vine. You know, one thing I talked about with Caleb this morning is uh, convenience fees, payment convenient fees. You know, from time to time as necessary, you have to do it. But it should not be done on a regular basis. Where you're uh, paying with a credit card by phone, they say, okay, you can do that, but it's gonna, we're going to have to charge another 2 $3 in order to do that. Well, doing that on a consistent basis over time, that adds up. That adds up. Uh, bank fees like overdraft fees, that stuff adds up over time. Late payment fees. That stuff adds up over time. These little bitty things that drain your resources. And it adds up. And you could have been investing that money. You could have been giving that money. There are a lot of things that you need to do. A lot of things rather you could have done with those monies, but we got to get the devil out of our pockets. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's talk very briefly. Let's go to Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22. Uh, Proverbs 22, verse number 7 again, assures us 
that the Lord has called us to rule. Verse 20, Proverbs 22, verse 7 says, The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. You are never meant to be a servant or a slave. Never meant to be that. But if we are under the constraints of debt, then that is exactly what we are. You're going to work for it. But the Lord's given us power to break that. Now, again, if the rich are ruling over poor, and if we're poor, how in the world will we establish God's covenant? If the rich are ruling and the poor is slave, rich are ruling, poor is slave, how are we going to lead this world to Christ? So what does that mean? That means we're going to have to leave poverty and become wealthy so that we may also rule and give this world to the Lord. Does that, does that make sense to you? Now, here's another thing that will spoil, uh, that will spoil your pockets. Co-signing. Somebody say co-signing. Now, I want to give you some keys about co-signing before we go any further. Co-signing. Let's look at Proverbs. Proverbs 17, verse 18. Proverbs 17, 18. You know the Bible talks about co-signing. Proverbs 17, verse number 18. Proverbs 17, verse 18. And this is how it reads out of the New Living Translation. It says, it's poor judgment to guarantee another person's debt or put up security for a friend. It's poor judgment to guarantee another person's debt or put up security for a friend. Look at Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22, verse number 26 and 27. It says, don't agree to guarantee another person's debt or put up security for someone else. If you can't pay it, if you can't pay it, even your bed will be snatched from under you. Let me give you a general rule about, about co-signing. Hear this very well. There are times when you feel that you'll feel led to co-sign. You say, am I feeling, Lord, tell me to do this? Did he tell me to do this? Let me give you some keys, okay? One, you only co-sign for people that you know, obviously, and people that you trust. Only, so, only co-sign for those that you trust. And only co-sign if you can af easily afford to pay it yourself. If you can't easily afford to pay for this new car, this new house, this new, this whatever it is, you don't co-sign. Because it could be that you will have to pay for it. So, one, only co-sign for those that you trust. Only co-sign if you can easily make the payment yourself. And only after you have sought the Lord. Because you're putting God in your finances. You understand that, right? He's there in your finances, so he must be in agreement with you. Now, understand, it will be your debt. You may not drive it. You may not live in it, but it's your debt. The moment you put your name on it and you stand for it, that debt is yours. Whether they make one payment or not. You put your name on it, that's your debt. It is your debt until this is paid off. Are you hearing? Ooh, I know it's tight. 
Proverbs 11, verse 15. Proverbs 11, verse 15. Know, know this very well. Proverbs 11, verse 15, out of the uh, New International Version this time. It says, Whosoever putteth up security for a stranger will surely suffer. But whosoever refuses to shake hands in pledge is safe. You find somebody, they tell you, hey, would you co-sign for me? I don't even know you from Adam or his, or his house cat. I know it. No. It's one more. Proverbs 6. Proverbs 6, verses 1 and 2. Proverbs 6, verse 1 and 2. Also out of the NIV. And it says, my son, if you have put up security for your neighbor... If you have shaken hands and pledged for a stranger, you have been trapped by what you said, ensnared by the words of your mouth. You have been trapped. Now, again, there are times when the Lord will say, all right, this is what I want you to do. This is, some, this is family. This is what I want you to do. But understand, you better know the character of your family, first of all. You better know the character of your family, of your friend, your precious friend. You may not want to put your friendship through such a scrutiny, first of all, because the moment they miss one payment, they won't be that friend like you thought they were. Are you hearing? But there are times, there are times when my wife and I were very, um, a very young couple and we needed a car. And we had a car, but that car, I'm telling you, that thing was, whoo. I'll never forget the experience that when my family and I, I think, I think my wife and I, I think our two children, yeah, we were at the McDonald's in Bremen. And in the drive through line, we had paid, paid at one window, and we're sitting there waiting to go to the next window. And that car stopped right there. Right there in the drive through it stopped. It wouldn't crank anymore. How about embarrassing them here with my family? Oh, sound like Waterboy again. It would not crank. And I had to ask the people behind me, could you give me a push? Could you, could you push me out the way? And they pushed me over to a parking space. My goodness, that was embarrassing. But you know, it was a part of it. So finally, we got the thing together, took up the dealership, and we're going to get a new car. And at that time, our credit was definitely nowhere where it is today. And I asked, I asked Mom, could you co-sign with me? And she knew our character. And we definitely paid that car off, and there was a very big plus, plus column on her credit uh, that all that was established. But we needed that car. And she sought the Lord, and the Lord said yes. And he, when God said yes... He made a way for us to pay that thing with no issues. Hallelujah. So there may be times when you would stretch out for a friend. There may be times you stretch out for a family member, but you better make sure it's God. Because when the moment when my mother signed her name, that was her debt. And she was depending on us to make sure it was paid and paid on time every month. Are you hearing? So I tell you, the word speaks, the word definitely speaks against it. And this is something that you need to be extremely sober with, extremely sober, because you will bind yourself. You may never drive it. She never drove that car. 
Hallelujah. That car served us very well. Paid it off, no problem whatsoever, and drove it for a number of years after that. And then I gave it, we gave it to our son-in-law. Praise the Lord. And he drove it for a while until he sold it to somebody else. It was an excellent car, excellent investment. Praise the Lord, an excellent decision. But only God could know what would happen down the road. Hallelujah. All right. Now let's go back to uh, Luke 18. Let's go a little bit further. Let me show you some things that are better than money or that are greater than money. Let's look at uh, Luke 8, uh, Luke 16 again. Luke 16. And y'all stay with me today. All right, get ready. About to get ramped up. Luke 16, verse number 8. Of course, we were hearing last week, the Lord talks about, give us, gives us this parable of this unfaithful uh, steward who was unfaithful with his Lord's money, and he is about to be fired. And he says, well, I can't beg. I, I'm too proud to beg. I'm too weak to, to dig. I know what I'll do. Basically, he used his master's money uh, to promote his friends, to help his friends out. Let's look at this here. Verse number 18, or rather verse 8. Um, Luke 16, verse 8 says, And the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely. Listen, for the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. And that's a very sad commentary, but it is true. He said, the children of this world are wiser than the children of light. Verse 9, he says, and I say to you, here's the advice the Lord Jesus gives us. And please understand this. This will break the back of, of what was just said, that the children of this world are, are in their generation wiser than the children of light. That is true until you understand this next verse. Verse 9 says, and I say unto you, make to yourselves what? Make to yourselves what? Make to yourself what? How many of us have them? We're going to stop it right there. (laughs) Well, the ones you can't defend, stop. See, online community, see what they're making me do? All right, so here we go. He said, make yourselves what? Friends. Friends of the mammon of unrighteousness. What's mammon? Money. Make yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when you fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitation. Now, make note of the definition of the word friends. All right? Make note of this definition. I put it up on the, we'll put it on the screen for you. Friends means an associate, a companion. Now, listen to this very next part of this definition here. One of the bridegroom's friends who, on his behalf, asked the hand of the bride and rendered him various services in closing the marriage and celebrating the nuptials. In other words, this friend does something for you. This friend does something for you. In this context, the friend asks for the hand of the bride. This friend does various services for you. This friend. The Lord Jesus said concerning wealth, concerning, he just talked about money. He says, make to yourselves friends of the unrighteous mammon. In other words, make money work for you. Make money work for you. So in the definition here, we can say, make money ask on your behalf. Make money speak for you. 
Make money do different services for you. Use it. Let it do that. But not just money, but it's wealth. It's your influence. It's riches. Make it work for you. Are you hearing? Because that's exactly what this uh, unjust steward did, right? He called the debtors in. He said, how much do you owe my master? Uh, you, you owe him 100? All right, sit down quickly. Take your bill and write down 50. He used the resources and he let money or his wealth or, or the riches work for him. Now, as a result, the people were so happy, they invited him into their homes. He had an inroad or he had access into their lives, into their homes. So the Lord says, make money work for you. Now, listen, the poor work for money, but the rich make money work for them. Are you hearing? Amen. Say with me. Say with me. Money works for me. I don't work for money. Money works for me. So again, as this example, the Lord says, make to yourselves friends of the unrighteous mammon. Make it work for you. Make it work for you. And if we don't do that, then it is very true that the world is wiser than the children of light. Are you hearing? Let's go on down on the further, a little further. Uh, Luke 16, verse number 10. Now, the Lord gives us a very strong rule here, and you begin to see this. Uh, Luke 16, verse 10 says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Now, Jesus is about to destroy, or he has destroyed a lie. People say, well, if I had more, then I'll do more. No, 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 no. You're going to do exactly what you're doing now with that. They say, if I had more money, then I would give more. If I had more time, then I would use more. If I had more of this, if I had more of that, then I would do more. Now, if I had more, I would do more. No, the Lord said, if you're unfaithful with this, you'd be unfaithful with that. So don't let people lie to you. As soon as my ship come in, well, as soon as your ship come in, you're going to be going out with your ship. People lie like a rug, Richard. They lie like a rug. As soon as I get this, I'm going to do that. No, if you, don't, if you don't give to God with $5, you're not gonna, surely not going to give him $50,000. That's too much money. Are you hear what I'm saying? So he, he destroys, he destroys that whole, that whole philosophy. If you're not faithful with what you have now, you're not going to be faithful when God gives you more. Let's let that be settled. Look at verse number 11, very key, and always remember this in verse 11. He says, if therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon. What's he talking about? Money. If you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Now, understand something. I want you to understand this word faithful. Faithful, faithful, faithful. Faithful does mean being faith-filled. But you don't feel anything up in an instant. Some of you have one of those expensive, what, Yeti cups or whatever they're called. Stanley cups. Yeah, yeah, okay, all right. Some of you got those, and some of you got just old Dixie cups. Praise the Lord. 
whatever cup you got, solo cups or whatever it is, when you put that under the, the water faucet or whatever, and you're filling it up, it takes time to fill it up. It takes time to get full. It takes time. It doesn't happen instantly. Faithfulness is measured over time. Say it with me. Faithfulness, Faithfulness. is measured over time. So when the Lord uses the word faithfulness, this means that you've been true to something over a time. He's going to fill you up over time. If you over time have been deemed as, as faithful or as trustworthy over time, then you get this. If you have been deemed untrustworthy over time, you don't get that. So faithfulness, when you look at the word faithfulness, you need to see time. Something evaluated over time. Something evaluated over time. So look at verse number 11 again. It says, if therefore ye have not been faithful, that is, there's a time component there, right? How many of you can see that? If you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, that is, over time, you have not been faithful with money, who will commit to your trust the true riches. In other words, God uses faithfulness, uh, your faithfulness with earthly resources to determine if he will trust you with true riches. There is a relationship between how you handle money, how you deal with money, and how God will release you true riches. True riches is something that is above money. And we're going to talk about that today. Praise the Lord. Isn't, isn't this exciting? Look at verse 11 out of the New Living Translation. Won't you see this? Uh, Luke 16, verse 11. Luke 16, verse 11. Now the New Living Translation says this. Bless you. And he says, And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the what? True riches of of heaven. So this is not Pastor Stroud saying this. This is the Jesus you gave your life to that's saying this. He is equating how you handle money with how you, with, uh, with how you are deemed fit to handle true riches. Now we're going to talk in a minute what about what true riches is, but give me a second. Let's go to verse number 12 for right now. Verse 12 says this, and if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? No servant can serve, how many masters? Two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve, you cannot serve what? God and mammon. You cannot serve God and the bank. You cannot serve God and money. Now, God will use money, your use of money, to promote you, promote you so that you can receive true riches. True riches is above money and stuff. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? What are true riches? True riches is simply this. It is the power, the presence, the glory the resources, and the authority of God wrapped in the presence of the Holy Spirit. 
wrapped in, or should I say, in the person of the Holy Spirit, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in your life. Once you have the outpouring of the Spirit of God in your life in full measure, as God fills you up, money, you'll find that money is beneath you. Money is your slave. It will simply do what you want it to do. You will no longer work for it. It will work for you. When you need it, you simply say, go fishing and get some. Are you hearing? There is a divine process that God is using to establish his covenant, to establish his covenant, his promises in the earth. And, and that, that has to do with the true riches of heaven coming down into your life. That God wants to establish you as his wealthy place, as his depository. He wants to deposit in you his true wealth, his true riches, so that others may make a withdrawal from your life and be blessed. Now, let me show you this in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible declares in John, the third chapter, John, third chapter, verses 34 and 30 uh, through 36. John, third chapter, verse 34, 35, 36 says this. And he, talking about Jesus, or rather, for he is sent by God. He speaks God's word, and God gives him the spirit or the true riches from heaven. God gives him the spirit without limit. King James says without measure. Verse 35, the father loves his son and has put everything into his hands. And anyone who believes in God's Son has eternal life. Anyone who doesn't obey the Son will never experience eternal life, but remains under God's angry judgment. So Jesus was made a depository. He was deposited. He received the full deposit of the riches of heaven, the full deposit of the Holy Spirit. Now, as we said, if you are deemed faithful, you receive just because Jesus was the Son of God does not mean that he was filled full from birth. Jesus was still all God, yes, but he had to walk this way to be an example for us. He was 33 years of age, I believe, or in his 30s, when he was filled with the Holy Spirit at the River Jordan. John the Baptist, when, he was, uh, when, when Elizabeth was pregnant with him, as, uh, as Elizabeth heard Mary's salutation, the, the Bible says that the babe leaped in her womb and she was filled or he was filled with the Holy Spirit. This is something that happens over process of time. But getting back into the ministry of Jesus Christ, he was faithful, faithful. And then, of course, he goes into the wilderness to be tempted of the enemy. And then he comes out in the power of the Spirit that is without measure. And the Lord said that he learned, Jesus actually learned things uh, through the things that he suffered. He learned obedience through the things that he suffered. There is a period of filling. There's a period of hardness that you would go through before that time of promotion. And the Lord uses money to determine, what you, to determine where your heart is and what you have in your heart. How you handle money will be a determining factor if God will pour out to you the true riches of heaven. That doesn't mean that you won't be going to heaven. You cannot give one dime anywhere and believe in Jesus and still go to heaven. You understand? There's no bouncer in heaven. They're not going to ask for your American Express card in heaven. 
but it's how you handle it now, how you handle the monies, because money is tied to our hearts. Money is tied to our time. Money is tied to our life. It sure is. We give our lives for money, give our time for money. We can worry about money, and money can also give you a very false sense of security. How you handle it. So for the Lord to say, uh, who will commit your trust to true riches? Or if you've not been faithful here or faithful there, which means that God has been observing how you're handling money. Or else how would he know whether you're faithful or not? Yes, I know God knows everything. But he knows, of course, he knows what you did at the beginning and the end and all of that. But understand, all I'm saying is that you are examined. We are examined how you handle money will determine whether you receive the true riches. And the true riches of heaven, or the riches of heaven, is the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, the kingdom of God, and manifestation in your life. You can't get away from it. Oh, it's quiet. It's quiet. Let's look at this. So Jesus is the depository. You and I are depository. So let's look and see what happens here in, in Luke 8, Luke 8, 45 through 46. Some people say, well, I can give you my heart, but we, I can't give you my money. Wow, isn't that something? I've heard people say, I'll give you my body, but not my money. Not my money. Let's not talk about money. Why? Because money's become a god to them. I'm telling you, money is an illusion. It is simply a tool that God will use to measure your faithfulness. Hallelujah. Now, let's look at the Luke, Luke 8, verse 45. And Jesus said, who touched me? You know about this account, the woman with issue of blood. It says, uh, when all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee and pressed thee and says, thou who touched me? Jesus said, and Jesus said, somebody have touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. Virtue. Someone has made a withdrawal from what was in me. Now, if you take, if you take the time, I didn't put it up this time, but if you look that word virtue, look the word virtue up in the Greek, look that word virtue, you'll find this. The word virtue is the word dunamis, and it means strength, power, ability, power to perform miracles, but it also means the power and influence which belongs to riches and wealth. My goodness, the power and influence which belongs to riches and wealth. God deposited the riches of heaven into Christ, and this woman with the issue of blood touched him and made a withdrawal. He's so faithful, Jesus so faithful, and knows what's in him. He watches over it and knew when a withdrawal was placed, knew when she took something out. Somebody made a withdrawal from me. He understood that. You and I are God's depository, and he wants to deposit his spirit, the riches of heaven, into you in greater measure. You and I get to determine the measure of that. And it has to do with how we deal with money. I didn't make it that way. You just read it yourself. Luke 24, Luke 24, 20, uh, Luke, um, 
24, verse 49, as we begin to come to a close in a few moments. The Lord told the disciples as he was about to go, he says, And behold, I send the promise of my Father unto you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued or deposited with power from on high. He says, don't go out in ministry until you receive the power of the Spirit, until you receive heaven's riches. You're going to need heaven's riches. Let's go to Acts. Acts, the first chapter, Acts 1. Acts 1, verses 3 through 5. Acts 1, verse 3 through 5, it says, talking about the Lord, it says, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Verse 4, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he saith, ye shall, which he saith, uh, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. He said, wait for the deposit. That's so important. Wait for the deposit of the Holy Spirit. Understand something. The more you minister to people, the more they will draw from you. Virtue will come out of you. A drawing from your spirit. You have anybody ever felt drained after you've been with people for a while? It's a different, you can work outside all day in the yard and cutting this and doing that, working physical labor, and rest a minute and you're refreshed, you're good. Get something to eat and you're good. But if you labor with people, and they have a tendency to draw from the virtue within you, that tiredness may take you days to get over. Or maybe you have to go away for a vacation. Well, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. The Lord told them, before you go out, you don't want people to draw from your human spirit. They're going to have to draw from the Holy Spirit, from the rivers of water that will flow through you. You're going to have to allow them to draw from the Spirit of God, from, from what is deposited on the inside of you. This is why the Lord tells us, uh, even in, matter of fact, let's go to Acts, Acts 3, chapter, Acts 3, verses 6 through 8. Here's an example of this. As the apostles go out, they go out, and people are making a withdrawal from them. From them. Acts the third chapter, so now they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts third chapter, verse six says, and then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give unto you. Look at that. But such as I have I give. But such as I have I give. One more time. But such as I have I give. I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping, uh, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. The Lord wants to give you, as a matter of fact, he's doing that now. He's putting you in position, if you let him, putting you in position to receive true riches. 
You see, Deuteronomy 8.18 says, again, the Lord gives you power to get wealth, to get true riches, not only to give you money, but he allows money to be used in your life. He says, here, here, in all of heaven, I see watches. Oh, what, look at what they're going to do with it. And over time, look what they do with it. Are they ready now, Father? Are they ready now? Yes, their cup is full. They have been faith-filled. Now there's a release of true riches. Using the, how you use the wealth, how you use the money, say, all I make is $1 a week. Lord, help you, please. But in some countries, that's a big thing. All I make is this. That's all I got is this. That is your ability to get wealth. Because you can't be faithful over something that you don't have. So the Lord will make sure that you have. And then monitor how you use this. And prayerfully, they're going to be faithful. So that I can really give them true riches. But if we say, I, I, I'm, all, I'm all tied up, I, I don't have anything, I, I don't have anything, I don't have anything, but I see it on your feet. But I see it on your back. I see it on your TV. We often say, I don't have, but it's all these other things. The Lord said here, he says, that doesn't matter, I mean, there's nothing wrong with all those things. You make yourself, you know, hallelujah. But how are you handling what God gives to you? How you handle the least will be the same as how you handle the most, the much. Now, I didn't tie this. Jesus tied this. He said this. Are you hearing? The Lord tells us also in, in, in um Ephesians 5th chapter, verse number 18, the Lord says, be not drunk with wine. Ephesians 5, verse 18, he says, and be not drunk with wine, where is in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. How are you going to be filled with the Spirit? Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So again, as we close, there is a relation between how we handle these earthly resources and how, and how God will impart true riches, the riches of heaven into your life, that true anointing to be poured out in your life. It has something to do with it. This not exclusive. So what are we going to do? First of all, we're going to have to repent. We're going to have to repent. We're going to have to change our mind that money is not our God. Money is not your God. It is a very poor God. Let me tell you now, the moment you need it the most, it's gone. It's a very poor God. We're going to have to repent and understand that Jesus is our source. I will honor God first. I will honor the Lord. I will honor the Lord. I will honor him above all else. I will honor him. I will honor him. And I will ask him, Lord, give me wisdom 
in our finances. Give me wisdom in our finances. My household, we honor the Lord. We honor him. Come hell, what may, or whatever, we will honor the Lord because I understand that our blessings come from him. I cannot pay for uh, security of my family. I cannot pay for it. My wife and she tells me my, her, she and my mother-in-law were riding down the road and a big old dump truck pulled out in front of them. And the car stopped. Thank God. It was the Holy Ghost. I can't pay for that. Can't pay for it. You go to restaurants, you don't know what they do with your food behind the doors. Can't pay for that. Being able to sleep at night without something terrible happening. I can't pay for that. Security is very big with me. Very big with me. Know that my family is safe and secure. Peace of mind. Can't pay for that. So when I give, yes, it's good to get money back, but I need things that money can't buy. Don't you understand people, when they leave their houses these days, not many people come back. Can't pay for that. Can't pay for that. The good thing about faithfulness is this, you can... You can forget about the past. It's gone. But you can start from where you are today. Forget those things that are behind. Forget it. I haven't been. Okay. Forget it. Let's move forward and begin to establish faithfulness. Faithfulness. I will be faithful. I will honor the Lord. I will honor him. You hear a lot of, a lot of words about tithing. Yes, tithing is an Old Testament standard. We do not live under the Old Testament anymore. You do not have to give in order to go to heaven. We've said that before time and time and time again. The New Testament standard which we're living in is giving. Matter of fact, you'll find in the early church how people sold houses and lands and brought the monies in. It's lavish giving. I can't do that, Pastor. Well, let's at least do the Old Testament standard until we can do the greater. But you got to start somewhere. Start somewhere. Again, God's not requiring you. Giving is not a requirement of salvation. But as we said before, now this is my third closing. <laughs> hear me, Kim, hear me. It's possible for you to give to somebody without loving them. See somebody on the corner? Here. I don't know you from Adam or his house cat, but I can give to you. But it's not possible to truly love somebody without giving to them. It's not possible. It's not possible. And the more you love them, the more you'll give them. The more you do it. Hear somebody say, oh, girl, I just love you. Oh, girl, I just love you. Would you pay the check? But I just love you, girl. You understand? Would you do this? Would you do that? But I just love you. I just love you. Hmm. You understand what I'm saying to you? 
So I would tell you, at least give the tenth, at least give the tithe until you can go further. As Lord helps you per, to prepare your finances, you're going to honor God, then you're going to honor yourself. We talked about honor God, then honor yourself. Then you pay your obligations and debts. Honor God, then pay yourself. Hallelujah. The last thing I would tell you this is this. Ask God for wisdom and include the Lord. Bless you. And include the Lord in your decisions. Include him in your finances. It's the last thing. Include the Lord in your finances. You're going to buy a nice big house, which is very good. Include the Lord in your finances. You tell on the application, you put down on there that you make $80,000 a year. That's pretty good. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Pretty good. But are you also including your giving in that? Because if you are, then it's not 80000 It's 80000 minus 8000 That's a tenth of that. If the Lord told you to give even more on a regular basis, it's less than that. So maybe you're not saying, maybe on paper you make 80, but you know you have budgeted about 70 or whatever, or, or whatever have you. You're including the Lord in your finances. In doing that, that house will stand. I've seen this over the years as we've included the Lord in our personal finances. I know there are a lot of preachers, and I, I, and I know there, there, I've known preachers over the years. They themselves do not tithe. They themselves do not give. They expect the people give. Away with that demonic stuff. That's demonic. I'll say that now. The husbandman must be first partaker. And I'm known, here again, I'm known, pastors, I can say their name right now, but I'm not because I'm not a fool. I don't want to put nobody's name out there. They themselves are not givers. They themselves are not tithers, but they expect their people to give. And when their people don't give, they're simply following what you're doing, pastor. They're following the same method. No, my church, we never have any money. Never have any money. It starts at the head. It starts at the head. So I'm not telling you to do anything. I guess maybe the last thing I'll say. Thank you, brother. Thank you. It's your money. You can do whatever you want to with it. Don't let nobody, no preacher, no teacher, no nobody, tell you what to do with your money. It's your money. Do whatever you want to do with it. You earned it, right? You can do whatever you want to do with it. I wish somebody had told that to Ananias and Sapphira, too. The apostle told them, while, it was in you, while, while you had it, you could have done whatever you want to do with it. Why are you going to bring this stuff up here and lie to the Holy Ghost? So you don't have to give anything. I don't want to shame anybody or this or that. I'm not sure who give or what give or who give or who, 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 whatever. It's just me. It's your money. Do whatever you want to do with it. But I'm telling you, according to Scripture, there's a blessing in giving. The New Testament standard is being spirit-led as you give. 
asking the Holy Spirit because he knows what it is. This is a faith. When you give money, you're giving your heart, you're giving your life. You're releasing. Your time belongs in your local church where you're being fed, where you're being covered. You give an offering anywhere you want to, praise God. But biblically, it's where you're laboring. Hallelujah. Now, I can honestly say this with a stack of Bibles up here. If I had a stack of Bibles, I can honestly say this. If everybody refused to give and nobody gave in this ministry online or nobody gave in this room, I'd still be here doing the same thing. Maybe it may not be able to afford the building then, but <laughs> God will make a way. I'll be in my prayer closet with the phone. Hey, everybody, how y'all doing? Let's get into the word of God today. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You got what I'm saying to you? Help me tell your name one more time in our seventh closing, probably. Yes, God. Amen. Turn to your name and tell him it's your money. Do what you want to do. Okay? It's your thing. Do what you want to do. Are you hearing? But I'm telling you what the word says. And if you want to come out of debt, if you want to live life lavishly, you want to live life in abundance. If you want God to use you in a greater degree, in a greater measure, be honest. Be honest. When you honor God, you'll find that the blessings of God are honoring you. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this day. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us by your spirit. Lord, I pray that this conversation continues throughout the week. And I pray, Father, that your people will be promoted to true riches, to the, the, to the wealth of heaven will be poured out upon their lives in the person of the Holy Spirit in greater measure. Lord, I pray for the complete turnaround and that you will give them wisdom concerning every area of their lives. Bless your people today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And my friend that are right now listening and watching from all around the world, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life or anyone here, it won't matter how much money you give or you don't give. It doesn't really matter. If you don't know him, your soul is still in jeopardy. You must receive Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. You must believe in him. Just talk to him. Have a conversation with him. He's right there with you. It's not about a prayer. You can say, Lord, I, re I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I repent of my sins and I should come into my heart. Lord, I receive you today. Help me to do the things that you've called me to do. Something very simple. Just talk to him. And then make sure you're baptized. Make sure you go and make sure you join a good local church where the word of God is being poured out. And so that you can uh, grow and develop in your faith in Christ Jesus. And we're here to help you with our website at kingdomrock.org, kingdomrock.org. We're here to help. And we love you guys. See you next time. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today.
Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you, and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.